Goals, a street art sticker with a simple message that's all about you. Today's show is brought to you by our merch store featuring Have Goals branded clothing such as t-shirts, hoodies, and more. 100% of the profit from our merch goes to help the homeless. Find out more on our website at havegoals.store. You can also follow us on Instagram at havegoals for additional information and discount codes. With me today is Melanie. Melanie, would you care to tell us a little about yourself? I'm Melanie Arians, and I'm a local Milwaukee artist that works on the Great Lakes and freshwater issues. I'm really interested in um, different ways of communicating, and especially about um, water issues, because we here on the Great Lakes are the freshwater spoiled brats of the world. Um, We kind of take this abundance for granted and don't always you know, treat it with the respect that it deserves. And we don't often make good decisions for the water. And, you know, all the water we've got is all the water we've got. We can't make more. Right. It's a finite resource. (laughs) So, yeah. So um, globally, this is a really unique place in the world. And I like to use, you know, art as a way to get people to think about how special water is in our lives. And I like to do that in kind of fun and funky ways. I make shrines to water, um, big ones, little ones. Sometimes I stick them right in the water, which you and I have done some of those activities together. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I think that was my first like stick the shrine in the water experience was with you walking down one of a channel channelized streamway setting up the shrine and taking pictures you know it's interesting to see how they've been changing some of those channelized rivers here uh, in milwaukee Mm -hmm. and kind of returning Mm -hmm. them to more of a natural flow situation Mm -hmm. i've been doing some um, documentation of those areas for a little film project i'm working on So I've been down at Pulaski Park and along Lincoln Creek, and it's really remarkable how it changes the neighborhood just by bringing more wildlife into the area and making the waterway safer in general. People can't slide down the the concrete. Oh, yeah. You know, those concrete channels are so problematic. You know, I I get why Mm -hmm. in the 50s and 60s it probably seemed like this brilliant idea and way to give people a bunch of work. But the reality is when you get near this thing, it is often a fast moving body of water with an extremely slippery angled surface next to it. And man, I mean, I I spent a lot of years exploring that stuff and it was so easy to fall down in that water. And often the flow can can just carry you right along, you know, and you get out of control Mm -hmm. fast, you can hit your head Mm -hmm. or get, you know, start to go underwater. People don't realize that that water can be at whitewater rafting speed. Oh yeah. And there can be objects in that water too. You know, you can get clobbered by something that's coming by. Definitely. Well, areas like Lincoln Creek where that channel has been removed and, you know, Pulaski Park, the KK River through Pulaski Park. It's really beautiful. It's become just a gorgeous asset to the community and 
you see like families of ducks and green herons and blue herons and all kinds of other wildlife coming back to the river there. And yeah, it really changes the, the, I hate to say like the nature of the area, but it is literally the Uh nature of the area. Right. Quite literally. Um, They're getting ready to do another section of the KK and keep working their way down the stream. And I think it'll be really, really cool because their homes are going to look over a naturalized riverway instead of this like concrete light, you know, channel that's yep. perfectly straight. You know, they're going to put curves and meanders in it. And, you know, all of a sudden you've got this beautiful view of the river. And I think it makes the water more accessible too. You know, people can actually go down by the edge of the water and appreciate, you know, what's going on there without having to risk life and limb to do it. Right. It definitely like changes people's conception of that waterway from being like maybe a considered like a sewage ditch to being considered, you know, a natural river. Yep. You know, there's a lot of work to be done on water quality and things like that while that work is going on. But in the long run, it's just a safer, healthier thing for the community. And, you know, you make a good point too about the pollution. I think that people are a little more apt to pollute a river that just looks like a concrete channel than if it actually has like curves and meanders and rocks on the side and ducks and stuff. You know, mm-hmm, just psychologically, mm-hmm. maybe that pushes some people into making different decisions about polluting these spaces. Oh, for sure. Most definitely. I think that in those areas, you used to see like whole shopping carts or oh, furniture yeah. or mattresses dumped. And I, that's happening less in the re-naturalized area. People respect it more. Yeah, I've got a very large collection of objects that I've pulled out of the river. <laughs> Everything from computers to guns to kitchen appliances and things that just end up getting thrown in these concrete channels because it, or down a, you know, a drain on the side of the road because it, it seems like a place to out of sight, out of mind. You know, the thing is gone, so... Yeah, that somebody else will take care of it. You know, it's it's easy to talk about raising awareness and it's sometimes harder to talk about what that really means. And I've mm-hmm. seen a lot more impact from your art than I have from some other raising awareness things. I'm just thinking about like some of the things that even I've tried to do to raise awareness. It's hard to get that kind of traction with people and to get people Mm -hmm. involved in the issue that you're trying to put forward? Well, I work in a lot of different areas in Milwaukee, you know, one with Milwaukee Water Commons as their artist in residence and working with their water school and kind of creating spaces where people can come together about water from, you know, diverse cross-section of Milwaukee. And then in addition to that work, I'll do some public art projects for the city of Milwaukee or for MMSD. I don't really let any opportunity pass without, you know, coming up with some kind of creative way to address an issue or solve a problem. So sometimes the work is about you know, creating signage to talk about green infrastructure or raise awareness about access to the riverway. Sometimes it's just putting, you know, art in unexpected places, like on the manhole covers. And I just think that, like, my art is my way of communicating about water issues. 
and we need everybody kind of using their own special talents to um, do the same thing. Not everybody's going to be interested in reading a whole pamphlet about water or some of the issues in Milwaukee or get that directly involved, but maybe they'll think about it a little bit more if they see like one of my big wall pieces that's called suck. That's the Great Lakes made out of, you know, 12,000 compostable straws and a bunch of plastic junk. Like, oh no, that's really not what we want for the Great Lakes or for our waterways. We need to take better care of them. And it really is a matter of putting ideas in front of people so that they just get it rooted in their mind for the future so they can make decisions about water that affect it in the big picture, like when we're all doing a little bit. Right. We need to all do our little bit to support the people and organizations that are able to do the big bit, you know? So, yeah. um, and we all need to say, you know, no, we don't want, you know, pipelines under Lake Michigan. And we don't want certain things dumped into the lake. And we need to reduce our use of plastic. How do you feel about the issue of taking water out of Lake Michigan, like out to Waukesha County? Oh, I've done pieces that address that. (laughs) Um, One uh, piece is called Hosed, and it's the Great Lakes made out of old recycled garden hose. Um, you know, it's big. It's it's a suspended piece. It's like 13 feet wide by nine feet high. Where Milwaukee is on that piece, there's a, a, a piece of hose connected that just kind of pools up onto the floor. And that was really about the Foxconn and Waukesha water diversions that were being considered. And I'm a proponent of keeping water in its watershed. That's, you know, the way nature intended it. And we shouldn't work against that. At the same time, you know, we're a society that will like pipe oil across a continent, you know, to refine it for petroleum products and plastics and things like that. And what would stop us from making a decision to start piping Great Lakes water across a continent to a drought area? So that's what the Great Lakes Compact is meant to prevent, And I think that it's not a good precedent to start messing with that compact, (laughs) you know, to keep water in the watershed. We just have to be smarter people and not develop where we can't, you know, where there aren't resources to sustain a particular type of lifestyle. Don't irrigate golf courses in the desert. That just doesn't make sense. You know, that wouldn't be, that'd be a really irresponsible use of water. And it happens all the time. You mentioned the uh, the idea of taking water to a different watershed, and that, that had never occurred to me about the Waukesha County issue. That That is actually like on the other side, like that's in a different watershed from us, right? Right, right. I mean, the even though it seems relatively close to Lake Michigan, it is not in the Great Lakes Basin. It's in the Mississippi Basin. For anyone who is listening to this, wondering what a watershed is, the the watershed is a geographical lay of the land that drains the water back towards the the source. So the, the area that we're in is part of the Great Lakes watershed. So all the water you know, the, the lay of the land tips back towards the lake. But if you go far enough west, there's actually a geographic break after which the water that hits the ground there 
heads out towards the Mississippi and ultimately to the ocean. Mm-hmm. And that water's never going to get back to the Great Lakes ever. Right. So, I mean, they have a plan to divert that water to Waukesha and return it to the Great Lakes watershed. But, you know, way back when I was in college and there were areas in Waukesha that were being developed, there was a whole big boom out there. It was known that they were depleting the groundwater. And I, you know, was in some geology classes at UWM and were friends with some of the professors there. And they knew this was, this problem was coming down the pike in the early 90s. But we didn't heed that. The development kept happening. Man, and you know, you think about the ways that people use water. Even if the plan is to return, to quote unquote, return it to the Great Lakes, Mm -hmm. we often use water in a way that it it doesn't end up back somewhere where it could be returned. People could be washing their cars with it or whatever, right? Right. It's just going all over the ground. Right, and then it evaporates. And I don't know the like engineering specifics of how that whole operation is going to work. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I've seen the the pipes going into the ground, like out in New Berlin and stuff, heading on the way out there. Uh-huh. That was why it was such a big deal, was everyone, you know, in the Great Lakes region, in the United States and Canada, were watching what was going to happen. It was the first instance after the Great Lakes Compact had been signed where diverting water out of the basin was seriously being considered. Yeah, because I bet there's a bunch of other uh, people who could come up with a plan to also draw on this water. Oh, yeah, like Arizona and New Mexico and, you know, dry states that have always had limited water access, but people have just overbuilt for what the environment can handle down there. And even California, you know, they have some big water problems there, too. That's what we people do. We, We aren't always great about considering the natural environment when we're trying to figure out how to get our needs met, we're not necessarily really to like shift our plan because what we want isn't necessarily good for the environment. We'll just kind of force ourselves on it. Yeah. We're human beings. We like to do the easiest possible thing. You know, sometimes once people are aware of it and understand it, they're like, yeah, that's not a good idea. So I think that takes a lot of self-introspection on a lot of people's parts to say, is this the right thing to do? Should I change? Right. Should I change my mind about? And then it gets this? pushed up against the economic interests, you know, and right. And then choices get made from that perspective. Right. And, you know, my personal opinion is that we have to kind of respect the economics of the natural environment because we can't live without it. We can't live without water. We have to think about the long term. Um, so, economics, financial economics don't really matter if you don't have a healthy environment to live in. (laughs) Just doesn't make sense. (laughs) You know, one of our daughters actually uh, refers to the the water wars quite a bit. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how she pictures her and the next generation of people Mm -hmm. living like in the midst of like a water war, just like constantly trying to obtain that resource kind of some kind of mad max situation (laughs) right they always say that's what the next wars will be fought over not you know oil will be fighting them over fighting over water yeah um wars have started for you know a lot lesser issues than 
you know, water what we need to survive. That's what we look for when we go to other planets. That's the first thing, one of the first things they look for is signs of water. So how do you go about setting the goals for your art projects? Boy, that's a good question. There are so many different factors to consider with that. My main goal is to use my artwork to capture people's hearts around water issues or get people to respect water or give people the idea that water needs to be elevated in our society. Like we really need to care, take care of it and keep it clean make sure everybody has access to all that it has to offer us both you know for our own health spirituality recreation all those different ways that we depend and rely on water and you know in the gallery i tend to have the more metaphorical type of work like pieces that are titled hosed or sock or i'll put up a big installation a shrine installation or something like that And then in the public sphere, I like to pair like water education with an art activity for kids and for adults and get them involved in directly, you know, making work that honors water and to get those people to think about the value of water, how they connect with it on a daily basis in so many aspects of your life. Like from when you wake up in the morning until the end of the day, how do you connect with water? And it's a lot of ways. If you eat food, you're connecting with water. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so pretty much at every level of your life, it's, it's important. And I think in Milwaukee and my work with Milwaukee Water Commons, we want everybody to feel connected to Milwaukee's waters and like they have access to them and that their water source is safe that the infrastructure bringing the water to their home is safe, like lead pipes, that they can safely access rivers and the lake for recreation um, and that they're welcome in those spaces. So where can people see your art? Well, a project I did with the United Community Centers Acosta Middle School is on Nine Pillars under I-94 at 6th and Washington. It was a project where I spent the semester working with students in the science room and art classroom, talking about how water affects their lives and teaching them about Milwaukee's waters. And every like lesson that we did had an art component that led up to designing um, the mural that now appears on the pillars there. So that's Sixth and Washington in Walker's Point. Yeah, that is cool. There's like 22 manhole covers around downtown. If you walk around downtown, um, you can spy some prettier than normal manhole covers. <laughs> and then along the river walk, there are three boat docks that I painted the steps to um, to identify where public boat access is. Um, the city was trying to make an effort to. Um, make it more clear where people could dock their boats because there's a mix of public and private docks along the Milwaukee River downtown. Yeah, so those are there. They're kind of the semi-circular docks that I painted the staircases to. That was a fun project where I actually felt like I beautified the area and made that identifiable. But then I also got to kind of serve as a de facto uh, Milwaukee ambassador because <laughs> oh. so many people would you know, kind of come up and say, you know, what are you doing? 
this woman in her coveralls laying on the boat dock (laughs) 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 with a paintbrush in her little red wagon of paint. (laughs) I had a lot of wonderful conversations uh, that way. Just being down there. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. And what was really amazing is when, you know, visitors from local hotels that had just come on town and were just starting to explore Milwaukee and they walked to the riverway and how amazed they were by Milwaukee. You know, a lot of people who don't live in the Great Lakes region don't realize how big the Great Lakes really are, that they are like an inland ocean. <laughs> well, that's our program for this week. And I, I can't thank you enough, Melanie, for being here and talking with us. I hope you'll come back again. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was very fun. Oh, you bet. <laughs> and of course, we would love to hear from you. And you can email us at havegoalspodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us on Instagram at havegoals. Thanks for listening. 